We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in, Hornets fans. Hopefully we get some ACC fans uh, listening to this episode. We're going to try to switch it up in this one. Uh, We're in uh, what I would, I think it's safe to say, the doldrums uh, of the NBA schedule if you're a Hornets fan. And we're all kind of waiting on uh, the draft lottery and the playoffs at this point to be entertained. So, you know, we thought it would be a good thing to switch it up. ACC tournament is this week. We're recording this on a Tuesday night, so... Actually, all three games on the first day, first round, uh, just wrapped up. And VG and I are going to run through pretty much the whole tournament here, give some predictions. We're going to stop at, at, at some teams and talk about some draft prospects. But um, So hopefully it's something different. Hopefully it's something fun. VG, uh, what's going on with you? You're not at the ACC tournament, I noticed, this year. Uh, it's a little different. Yeah, unfortunately, no ACC tournament uh, for me this year. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll get there over the weekend, but – doesn't seem like it. I have a couple other cool, uh, you know, March Madness basketball projects in the works, though, that I'll be able to probably do better from the home base here in Raleigh. But unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to be in Greensboro, but um, just not going to happen happen this year. And yeah, it's funny hearing you mention that we absolutely are in the doldrums of the Hornets season. It's just funny because it's like for everything out of ESPN like NBA coverage this week has been about how things are heating up and it's like, boy, it would be, be nice to be a part of that. But uh, no, we are, we are frozen in Amber until the, uh, the, the lottery, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I'm glad you're here and not because if you're at the ACC tournament, you would be uh, breaking down your computer from that. Very exciting. <laughs> um, Virginia tech. Yeah. Notre Dame game. The Virginia tech came out on top. Well, let's jump right in here. And again, we're going to walk through the games. We'll start with tomorrow. Um, we'll talk about some big narratives, predictions later. Um, but as we get to these games again, and I've got a prospect, one, may, maybe another one I want to ask you about, BG, but one that's yeah. – I don't even know if he's a prospect. that's come on my radar. It's a second game we'll touch. I won't spoil it. But let's jump right in. Tomorrow, noon Eastern time, Wake, Syracuse, Um I wouldn't say there's really uh, a ton of NBA uh, talent. There might be a few prospects on one roster here, 
but talk about this game in, in 60 seconds. I, I like Wake here. You're much closer to this. What do you think here? Yeah, I like Wake tomorrow. Um, I know they just lost to Syracuse. The offense really sputtered. Uh, it was really one of the Wakes. It was, this was like a couple of days ago um, at the Dome. But, you know, playing the zone at the Dome, uh, that's always like uh, can be difficult. And uh, I think Wake has sort of like enough offensive personnel to to score against it. Uh, Wake, it's just been the defense has been issue for them all season like this is very good um you know this is not a very good uh, defensive team and without tamari monsanto you know they don't they didn't have their best shooter for that matchup what i will say is i actually think there are a couple interesting prospects in this game like judah mintz for syracuse is a combo guard that i could see going you know mid to late first round this season and i think there's some guys on the wake forest roster with bobby clintman and andrew carr that are maybe 2024 guys, especially Clintman. And, um, you know, if Appleby was younger, I think he'd be a legit prospect. Maybe he ends up on a roster next season. But my, my guess is that, like, his window into being a prospect is probably closed. So I just wish Wake had its full complement of players for that matchup. I think it would go differently. But I'll keep an eye on Judah Mintz for Syracuse. I think he's a guy that if he was – like he could end, he's probably going to be someone that for the Hornets, we may need to like, you know, uh, kick the can on because he could be late first round and he's like a combo guard with shot creation abilities. And this may be like a, an upside play. Um, if he's, if he's still like on the board in that range. Interesting. So what's the deal with Mont, uh, Santo? Is, is he, what is his status right now? He's not out for the season, is he? I'm not entirely sure uh, what his status is. He was hurt um, during the game against uh, NC State, and I believe he was facing surgery. I think he had a torn patella tendon, and that I, I can't remember if that meant like I think that I think ultimately that meant season-ending surgery. So yeah, I think he is out. For the rest of the oh, season, um, and that's a, that's a little it, tough. Yeah. You know I mean, Damari, he can be a little, he can run hot and cold. Like he is a yeah. very streaky player, but an explosive, uh, movement shooter who, like, yeah, like middle of the season, like kind of went on a heater and really was sort of like the preeminent, like long range volume bomber uh, in the ACC. Like even volume above someone like Terquavion Smith. You know, yeah, it's, really it's it, yeah. Player. It's wild. I, you know, the Virginia game at Wake this year, he he played really well. He shot Wake back into that game, um, and he's, you know, he's got a body. You know, he's not some like slim uh, no. kind of shooter. I mean, he like like he translates. Parts of his game could translate to a higher level. So that's a big loss for Wake, especially against a two-three zone like Syracuse. They just yeah. need that utility. Nine, yeah, nineteen three-point attempts per one hundred possessions this season for Damari Monsanto. That's insane. Um, he shot 40, yeah, 40.5% on those. And like a lot of those are like off dribble, off movement. Um, yeah. Wake, which is a pretty creative offensive team, found ways to use him as like a screener. Uh, again, this way team elite offensively with some good play. Maybe not elite, but very good offensively. Yeah. Um, just the defense. For the ACC was, elite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like they were like, up until like a week or so ago, like top 20, top 25 nationally in, in adjusted efficiency. I think they've slid back a little bit since then. But um, 
you know, they were probably missing like an extra ball handler on the roster this year. Jao Ituka got hurt early in the season. And so, you know, Tyree Appleby had to play basically 38, 40 minutes per game in conference play. And he was awesome, but they just could have used a little bit more creation. And ultimately, though, the the defense was this team's downfall. No doubt. All right, well, let's move on. And I want to ask you about a player here because he's recently come onto my radar. I mean, he's very under the radar, BG. I think one of the hottest players in the ACC. Um, Georgia Tech Pitt tomorrow. It is the – sorry, I'm looking at this at Mountain Time. So it's the 2.30 uh, game. Pitt's a seven-point favorite here. Just I think that's a little much. That's just my opinion. Georgia Tech's kind of hot. Talk to me about Miles Kelly. Yeah, he's a he's a real prospect. Um, he is no question. Yeah, man. Like, gosh, I got like fifty percent from three over like six games or something. Yeah, and I got into Kelly probably like early this season, where it was like he to me he struck me as like kind of a he's kind of an interesting fit in Georgia Tech's offense, which you know is is. Um, like they run a lot of like Princeton offense, like they run a lot of stuff through the high post. And so you would think a guy like Kelly might sort of more prefer like, you know, spread, pick and roll, that type of stuff. But it did seem like in Princeton, in those Princeton sets, it allowed him to be, like there's some cool stuff he does away from the basketball that I really like. Yeah. His ability to shoot off off of movement, especially like his ability to shoot off of handoffs, split action, pin downs um he he plays kind of like i mean he's he is taller and longer than Terquavion smith but for me i kind of thought he was like the closest facsimile to smith in the league this year um it's been very cool to see him be like kind of on a heater as tech has gotten hot uh you know four straight wins to to close out the uh the regular or three straight wins to close out the regular season plus the win over fsu today but no, Kelly's an explosive shooter with long, long range. He's probably more, probably more of a 2024 guy. Um, yeah. I think he's you know, he's gonna have to get stronger. I don't think he's like an explosive sort of downhill driver. He's more of like a three point shooter and tough shot maker. But he's got some craft and some guile that allows him to do some stuff off the dribble. And I just think there's like a lot of reasons to buy the shot long-term. Like he shot a great number on high volume this season. He's a good free throw shooter. He just doesn't get to the line much. So he's just, he doesn't do much in terms of like shot creation. Like it's just all very limited there. So that'll be like the next thing to watch. But like he is because of his size and the shot, his ability to shoot off of movement. um, Yes. He is certainly someone to watch in terms of like guys that'll be coming back most likely um, someone to keep an eye on, I think for 2024, I think he has the chance to be probably one of the better returning players in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been really excited. You know, I've seen a little bit of him again. He kind of came to my radar late in the season, but he is on a heater right now and you kind of nailed it. I mean, his size is NBA size. He needs to put on strength. Yes. And he needs to create, you know, develop some kind of ball skills, but his ability to shoot off the catch, like you said, tough shots, uh, similar to Traquavion, like there's something here. There's something here. So uh, a guy that I'm monitoring, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, BG. I got Georgia Tech in this game. I think they're beating Pitt tomorrow. They're, what I mean, do you think like, about that? People, I don't dislike – I would take Pitt, but like what I will say about Tech is like they are – especially when Kelly's playing like this and he can sort of like lift up the offense – 
Tech is, and they're really tough in a tournament setting because of this. They're the ultimate screwball defense in the ACC. Like totally. they drag the, they dra- the Josh they dra- <laughs> It is. I mean, they they it's, change. They're gonna defense. they're gonna muck it up. Yep. They, the they, they 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 play a lot of zone defense. I've seen them use triangle in two this season. I've Match seen them use a lot. Yep. a lot of matchup. They will change defensive coverages possession by possession. They'll change defensive coverages in the middle of possession, like you were sort of talking about some of these matchup looks. Um, they're not that tall, but they're just like long across the board. It, you know, yeah. they other than other than um, you know Davon Smith, everyone in the rotation is like you know six three and, and taller and, and long. And Smith is obviously like a, a pretty talented athlete too. And they've got a guy up front, not a prospect, but Javon Franklin has been like one of he's been underrated like is like a pogo like undersized you know five man but is a pogo stick um blocks a lot of shots gets a lot of steals and is like one of the nastier dunkers like low-key in the ACC this year like Franklin's been really good I don't think his play got talked about enough because you know there's a lot of other good big guys in the league and Tech wasn't very good this season but Franklin was was really really good and can be have a huge impact at the rim. And like, you know, when he's asked to do some stuff in the high post for them, when they get into the Princeton set. So like, and, and again, just like they're tough to deal with on, I think these like quick scout efforts, you know, and like Pittsburgh, yeah. they play tech, like they know what to expect, but just like you, you really don't because like they want to bring the game into the mud and they lean into is more than any team in the ACC and probably more than a lot of teams in college basketball they lean into the shape-shifting approach to defense and just will mm-hmm. try anything. So yeah. I would take Pittsburgh, but, man, like I just – I've been saying all season, even as Jordan Tech's been like a like, you know, flirting with being outside the top 200 in Ken Palm, like yeah. I've been like they're tough. <laughs> like they're tough to prepare for. And, 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 and they're hot, you know? right? Yeah. And they're just hot. They're just a team that's hot, and that, that's hard to deal with in March. Um, I would say for Pitt – like on one hand, I don't like this matchup for him because I, I do think they like to pound the ball and they have guys that can pound it. Jamaris Burton, you know, I mean, they, they've got guys that can go get buckets, tough power buckets. guards, power guards. Yeah, yeah, monster. exactly. Can take you down to the post, can make tough shots off the dribble. Like they, they, they kind of have the total package in terms of the backcourt, as you said. Um, but again, it only takes pits one of those teams where it's like, it's just going to take them one day that they're off and it kind of feels like anybody can beat them. And mm-hmm. with this defense that they're going to see tomorrow against George deck, I don't know. I think it's just a good recipe. So, um, yeah, yeah. Right. I will say like once Pitt starts doing something that works, Tech's just going to start throwing the kitchen sink at them. Yeah. And like, so it's going to take like, you out of this, even yeah, by hooker, by crook, you know, you're going to get out of this. Yeah. And, and yeah. Pitt does have tough shot makers. So like they can, they can be game breakers against a bunch of different defenses. Like they've got, guards that make tough shots and can make score from different levels. But um, yeah, it's just a shallow foundation. Yeah. What I will say too, for for NBA fans watching Pittsburgh outside of UNC, there's no team in the ACC that probably runs more like Spain pick and roll looks. Mm. So like Pitt is a fun team to watch them. Like they just, they get into their Spain, like stack pick and roll looks in a bunch of creative ways. So that's something to keep an eye on them. Assuming Tech is playing, you know, man-to-man for extended stretches. 
Um, all right, let's zoom through these next two. I know we need to talk about Traquavion, um, Traquavion in this last game here. But Boston College, North Carolina tomorrow, pretty intriguing. You know, yeah. I love Quentin Post going against Baycott. I, I mean, I think they at least have something to throw at Carolina's front court power. Um, I like Carolina in this game. I think it could be a game, though. BC has, as they usually are, have been very hot and cold this season. Um, but they they've got some guards they can score the ball. They've got a big down low um, that can control the rim at least somewhat. Um, I, I I expect this game to be within ten with seven or eight minutes to go. Yeah, I mean they played. Um... Not that long ago, or I guess it was sort of like more in the meat of conference play, and it was like a it was a pretty close game throughout. You know, UNC ultimately prevailed. You, you brought up the right name, which is like is Quentin Post. And the way I think about Boston College and is that they are they have the makeup of like um, like the the fourteen seed that a that a three seed gets matched up with in the NCAA tournament from the Patriot league, but they just got a seven footer that can pass and shoot, you know? And so that just creates, that creates matchup problems. Like all season long post he's shooting 44% on threes and he can pass and they, they run a ton of stuff with him through the high post. Um, I thought when NC state, when they played at Boston college, they, they blitzed the Eagles in that game. And that was really like kind of the one good shooting performance Terquavion had in, in the month of February. But one of the things that state did was they took Greg Gant, who's their power forward and they put him on post and then they could switch those actions or had like more foot speed to guard those actions. I, I don't remember what UNC did during the first matchup with Boston college, but like maybe you toggle things and try to let Pete Nance handle more of that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's tough because like UNC's base defense is, you know, it's no middle. They went, they're going to ice screens on the side and they want to drop Baycott on middle ball screens. And like a guy like Quentin Post is just there to chew that up, you know, like to, to pick and pop and to um, to be open. He had a big game the last time these two teams played. I do think the other guy for Boston College back, like getting DeMar Langford back is, uh, is like, you know, DeMar's had a tough season. He's dealt with injuries, but Langford is like, one of the sort of like better wing athletes and shot creators on this roster. So like he gives them a little bit more variety. Um, but yeah, I mean like it's just post the shooting and the passing are tough to match up with. But my, my guess is that North Carolina, like a desperate UNC team, uh, you know, c- c- pushes through this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, obviously, Carolina's back is against the wall here. They have to win this. They have to beat Virginia on Thursday. We'll get to that here shortly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I hope I, I was glad to see Boston as a Virginia guy. Was glad to see Boston College pull that out today. Um, just take a little bit more tread off the tires tomorrow um, before yeah. uh, Virginia on yeah. Thursday. All right. Well, tomorrow night, and what I think is going to be the best game tomorrow in the ACC uh, in the tournament, I, I think Georgia Tech pick is going to be good. That's already on record. Virginia Tech NC State has a chance to be excellent. Uh, another game I think that the, the higher seed could win here. Virginia Tech did not look good tonight against Notre Dame, but they did find a way. Defense is their is their weak point, and they've got a lot of things coming at them tomorrow. They've got a, a, a huge <laughs> it's just dump truck big to deal with, and yeah. they've got obviously Joiner and Traquavion to deal with in the backcourt for State. I think State wins this game, but it, I, it would not shock me if Virginia Tech throws some different kind of defensive stuff at State tomorrow and is there within a possession with a few minutes to go. When they played a couple of months ago uh, in Blacksburg, Tech tried a lot of different stuff in that game, both guarding ball screens and in terms of like how they tried to handle um, DJ Burns in the post. That was NC State playing without Jack Clark, who's their like um, stretch four that they have. He was hurt at that time, so they were playing Gant and Ernest Ross, two non-shooters. And so, you know, Tech was very aggressive in sort of like doubling burns and using the second post defender to um you know to to send help and uh it kind of like it to an extent it worked for them in that game burns had a bunch of turnovers and the the fours for state weren't really to like you know uh uh make it pay um you know when burns was in the game and wasn't in foul trouble that was a huge game shooting the ball for Traquavion Smith, Casey Morsell, Jarkel Joyner and Virginia Tech was also playing without Hunter Couture in that matchup. So, like, Tech's a totally different team with him. Couture had a monster game uh, today against Notre Dame. Um, he hit, what, three threes in that? And he's one of the, for the last four years, one of the best shooters in college basketball. Like, Hunter Couture's career yeah. numbers are, are insane. 42% yeah. <laughs> three-point shooter on on massive volume, like almost 600 attempts. Like he's the perfect guy for Mike Young's offense, right? His ability to move without the ball, his ability to shoot from range, coming off pin downs, handoffs. He's a good screener, and that allows them to kind of get into a lot of their actions. Tech is one of those teams who like Couture missed time during the season. They lost every game that Couture didn't play in. They were 0-4 in yeah. games without Couture this season, including – state game he unlocks so much stuff for them offensively so with state it's like can you take care of him you know what i mean can the switching right. can the nc state's off ball switching 
do the trick on Hunter Couture. We'll see. But Virginia Tech, like, you know this, man. Like, they're tough to guard. Like, Sean Padula is a good so point guard. He gets Basile, to lead. Basile is a nightmare. Pick and pop. Virginia. Yeah, and, like, Grand Basile, when Grand Basile was at Wright State last season, he played yeah. great when they upset NC State in Raleigh. Like, he's a tough yeah. matchup. And Justin Mutz, I don't think Mutz has had, like, a great – I thought Mutz was better last can, year, actually. But can he's I make, still a great post-passer and, def- and help defender. One, one thing I don't understand, BG, I, I watched the better part of that second half tonight. I don't understand why when Mutz and Basili are on the on the floor together, why they try this high-low action. Have one of them on the perimeter because Mutz is more than capable of catching it at the high post and making his own thing happen. Or, yeah. like you said, being a good good passer. And Basili is such a good pop-and-shoot uh, pop uh, player. Yeah, They were trying a lot of high-low stuff in the second half, but both of those guys kind of like – crowding the lane, which is, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I, I jotted it down and thought it was very odd uh, I, for a Mike Young offense. But anyway. Yeah, I like, I mean, I think you and I both respect Mike Young a lot as like a, an offensive mind. He's very creative and he routinely puts together like offenses that are, again, consistently like top 40, top 50, if not higher than that. Um, and they're very fun to watch play. But I, I think tech ultimately they've like they've struggled when they when they underperform as they maybe to an extent they have at time the last couple of seasons um, they lack athleticism they lack size on the wing and I think sometimes they're so committed to this like very detail oriented offensive system that it um, sometimes it would just be great if you could just like simplify it a little bit more I think they like. Basili and Mutz have both had great seasons, but it does feel like they probably could have squeezed a little bit more out of that this season. Um, I do think there I are agree. other. I think there are I other agree. college teams that overthink that high low stuff too. Like there were times this season when like Duke would set up high low action, where but it would end up with like Kyle Filipowski in the post and like Derek Lively or Ryan Young trying to throw the entry pass, and it's like the the opposing five would just sag off and get in the lane and deny the the high-low lob pass over the top. And it's like, no, you need to flip those two rolls around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. You, you need, you need the, yeah. the guy that can shoot to be the one that's that's throwing. But I, it's like, like, yeah, modern-day college basketball and NBA defenses have, have adjusted so much to the four-out-one-end style that it's like they're yeah. if you're trying to play two-in, especially with two guys that at least one of them should be on the outside, like you're just flooding the zone. And, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's 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 most of the time it's not going to be an efficient play. Um, state, by the way, state no no no, I'm with you. State kind of like need. I mean, it's tough to say at this point. Everything's everything's so uh, cloudy. But I mean, I think state's in. Like probably if the turn, you know, if the selection can they if the NCAA seems like they're in. Yeah, but but um. They would. It would be. A, it would be big for them to pick this up and then you know advance to Thursday and then get another quality opponent. Whether you win or lose, at least you get another sort of like quality game to add to the you know the resume. And that that matters, which is weird, but it just it does. So definitely. Um, All right. Well, yeah. we've both got. Uh, I think Tech and win. We both got state in this game. Talk about uh, Traquavion a little bit more in the second round. Let Let's try to go a little faster here, but let's get to yeah. Thursday, and this is really where it starts. Miami, we both said Wake. Miami, Wake. Do you have Miami in that game? 
I would take Miami like in a shootout though. Um, yeah. When they, when those two teams played in in South Beach a couple of weeks ago, Wake was this. Wake Wake had an insane turnover rate. I think Wake had like a twenty five percent turnover rate and still scored over one point one points per possession. They're like yeah. one of two teams to do that this season in the ACC. So it would be a shootout. But I think Miami, yes, Miami's very good. And, and I'll just stop here to say Miami, I think, is the best starting five in the league. I think they're number one seed for a reason. Mm-hmm. Pack, Wong, Jordan Miller, like, and remind Amir. me of the big uh, Amir. Like, I'm just going to say it now. They're a Sweet 16. I'm, I just I don't care what region they're in. They're going to no. be in my Sweet 16. I think they're the best team in the ACC. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the ACC tournament, but I do think they're the best overall team in the ACC. So yeah, I have, I have here too. They're really good. I wish they had like one more front court guy that could really help. Like yeah. when Amir sits, they really struggle. Like the on-off numbers with him this season are pretty jarring. But that backcourt, Pack and Pack and Isaiah Wong, they're both NBA players, probably. Poplar is a very nice athlete at the three. Jordan Miller is like in just an ace. Like uh he's like you know, Jordan him, Van Jordan Vanderbilt yeah. in college bat. Like, you know, just like he yeah. Jared Vanderbilt in college basketball. Like he just he he's an excellent help defender. He can handle, he can really pass. Like I've loved him since he uh since he got to Miami. And like I was thrilled to see him make an all ACC roster this year. I think he's very good. The South Beach, South Paul Ninja, Jordan Miller. I love him. <laughs> um, all right. This is a good one. So I've got Georgia Tech here. You've got Pitt here. I think we probably both have Duke advancing. Yeah. Anything yeah. to let, let's just assume Duke Pitt. What's your one one thing to watch here? That when those two teams played in Durham uh, a few months ago, I covered that game. Like Pitt, Pitt made it very uncomfortable for Duke. Now that was a different Duke team, um, and Duke was forced to switch one through five. And I thought Pitt got like a little too hungry going after just like getting the switch and then attacking the matchup. You know, it was a lot of like. You know, Nellie Cummings and Jamarius Burton taking pull-up twos, you know, over, you know, Filipowski and Lively and stuff like that. I just think Duke's defense in that team right now is playing – I just think they're playing very well at the moment, and they're being led by the defense. So I I would take Duke, but, like, Pitt could do some stuff to make them uncomfortable in that game too. Um, Filipowski, BG, I I had been more impressed with him as a prospect, an NBA prospect, over any other player in the ACC – and the Carolina game on Saturday, I was already pretty much there, but mm-hmm. I could not believe how physical he was in that game. That he's that a, blew a me tank. away. Yeah, that he's took a tank. me back. He's a t- he is uh he is very skilled. He's massive, and he loves like he loves contact. Like he he he, yeah. he can play through contact. He he looks for it on the glass. He looks for it finishing in the paint, setting screens. And I'll say this, he's gotten very, very like solid late in the season at when when uh, Duke is like looking to bail out a possession or just like when they're just trying to get the offense going a little bit, they'll clear out a side for Jeremy Roach and Kyle Filipowski and they'll just run two-man action. Like pick and pop, then rescreen and to see if you can get the switch, then Filipowski will post up if the double team comes. And it is so he, hard to deal with. Yeah, he's very skilled. He has not shot like a great percentage from three this season, but like I long term, I buy his shot. Um, he's a great free throw shooter. He's shown the ability to shoot off movement, shoot off the dribble, and um, they also like do a lot of stuff with him. Like he runs some pick and roll for them. They've 
some of the Paolo Bancaro like elbow pick and roll sets from a season ago, they've just recycled them and let um, Filipowski use them. But yeah, like they're getting incredible production from their four fresh, like from I guess all five freshmen, but really especially like Tyrese Proctor's playing great. Derek Lively's made a jump as a defensive center. Filipowski's been incredible. And, and Mark Mitchell is just like, is the ultimate like do your job. Like he's, He's like Jordan Miller, but with like, you know, probably like way more upside. Like he's just a help yeah. defender that does all the right things, moves without the ball offensively. Like it, the pieces are fitting into place for Duke nicely right now. They are. Um, all right. I'm, I'm glad you're on the same side. I, mean, I, I think Philip Halsey is maybe one of the more overlooked guys in the, the draft prospect. He, he also right may, now. he may come like, I, we'll see how things the season plays out, but like, as of a couple of days ago, the vibe was still very strong that like there's a good chance he comes back next season too. I mean, we'll we got a ways to go, but the, like yeah, he, he may be back for his sophomore year in Durham as well. We'll see. We'll see how hot Duke gets yeah. here. Um, exactly, they could get hot. They're hot. Yeah, it would change. Uh, it would right. change things quickly. Yes, it would. That that is the one factor that could change it. All right, Virginia, Carolina. Uh, uh, excuse me, Thursday night, seven o'clock. Uh, I've got Virginia here, but I don't feel good about it. Uh, I really don't feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they match up with Carolina very well. Um, you know, it just seems like RJ Davis and Caleb Love just have like blackouts when they play against Virginia. <laughs> we, we, we saw it in, in Chapel Hill. Um, of course it was the opposite the other night against Duke for those two guards. Um, but they, and it, we'll see with, with Virginia, I would expect Kafaro to play a little bit more um, mm -hmm. the next matchup against Carolina, yeah. uh, and yeah. and unless um, Vanderplas, uh, Shedrick, we haven't seen Shedrick really at all recently. But Kafaro has been good in his spot minutes for Virginia. He's way down the roster. This is not some kind of prospect we're talking about right now. Yeah, um, yeah. we're deep in the weeds. <laughs> but I'm just trying to talk myself into how how Virginia can slow Carolina in this game, slow him down, but. I don't know, BG. I just don't like this matchup for Virginia. Yeah, I thought when they played, um, you know, what it was like two weeks ago in Chapel Hill, I yeah. thought Hubert Davis and UNC had a really nice game plan to attack UNC. You saw, you know, a lot of like Pete Nance, like kind of like, I guess you would describe it as him slipping screens. And like, you and I have talked about this before for years now, like <laughs> – Tony Bennett and has seen people like slipping screens against his against his defense for like years against now. the so trap. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just every time a team does that against Virginia, everyone wants to be like, "Oh, look at like how will like Virginia doesn't know what to do now." It's like <laughs> no, they they seen they it practice before. against like, this every single day. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they got it. They they know it's it's like it just I like there was a lot of people mentioning that again after in this last matchup, which was making me laugh a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean. Pete Nance had his best game in a UNC uniform against Virginia a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's not even close. And um, he's a great player. It has not worked out great for him in terms of the fit um, with Baycott and the fit in the system, but uh, UNC, but that game against Virginia, you saw them run a lot of like chin, chin offense through Nance yep. in the high post. He was awesome. And he's a tough so cover they, like, yeah. when he's going good because he can really pass. He can be a handoff guy. He can shoot. Um, can I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Pete Nance is like – I think he ends up on an NBA roster eventually. I agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. he probably yeah. should have yeah. gone pro after last season. Um, 
But, you know, look, hopefully he's had a good time playing at UNC, whatever. It just hasn't really worked, I think, as well as a, a lot of people, myself included, were expecting. And if, like, Nance and Baycott, if they weren't going to, like, maximize that pairing, then UNC was never going to hit its ceiling this season. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. that was yeah. – it was contingent on that on, – On that transfer working. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so totally. we'll see. Like, I'd be curious to see if um, – you know, Duke was very aggressive in leaving Leaky Black open when they beat UNC in Chapel Hill the other week. And so – And he made it pay know, early. And then it yeah, he did. He did. But ultimately, like, that strategy worked out for it, them. It worked out, um, yeah, correct. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe Virginia gets a little bit – you know, could you put Ryan Dunn on, on Leaky and let him just roam and just cause havoc? At, you know, I just – can you lean in? You got some game breakers on this roster, and – I. My hope would be that like Reese Beekman steps up and has a huge game. He was not great uh, the last time these two teams played. Uh, he had some assists, but for the most part, it wasn't his best game. It's not a great matchup uh, for the Who's, but I'll I'll go UVA uh, in this game. But like you, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'll, I'll save most of my Virginia thoughts. I'm going to go UVA again. Very, very close. Uh, I'll, I'll save the thoughts of the semifinal game. All right, last game of Thursday. Uh, looks like we're gonna have Clemson State, and I, I, I just, I just think the Pack Clemson. Back here. That, that, <laughs> I, hate, I hate to say I mean, it. I, I know that I know the Pack don't match up well with Clemson. I know Clemson is gonna slow them down. I mean, Clemson is the closest thing you're gonna find to a Tony Bennett. Like Brad yeah. Brownell yeah. runs a very Tony yeah. Bennett-esque style defense and really overall system. Um, so it's not a good matchup for State. Um, but I. After that game in Raleigh, I can't imagine that State is not ready to come out and punch them in the mouth first in that game. You, I, I just like saying this. I, I just a gut feeling. Yeah, you would be. It's tough because like Clemson played as well as they possibly could on offense in that game. Like on it offense was, too, correct. It correct. was over before the first yeah. TV timeout. Like you know, I mean, they right. literally <laughs> had a six point. They had a six point possession in this game. You know, like it was yeah. it, it was nuts. Like it, it was outrageous, but. Like, there's a reason why I think the Kevin Keats offense, not just this season, but in years prior, really has trouble against UVA and Clemson. It's just like they gap up, they pack it in, and they make yep. you take tough pull-up shots. And, like, they're not the only two defenses that do that to NC State. Duke did it the other day, too. But, like, um, it's just it's a tough matchup. Like, State can't get into gaps. They're forced to take tough shots. And unless – You've got one of the two guards, Jarkel Joyner, Tavion Smith, humming, plus the Burns post-up game. Ah, man, it, it's tough. Plus, Clem, all of Clemson's like fives can handle and, and do some stuff with the ball. So, like, it is a kind of a weird defensive matchup for for DJ Burns too to sort of like have to be guarding, you know, more in the high post and thinking about handoffs and that type of stuff. So, I, I would go Clemson in that one just because. I just think they dragged the game into the mud and State's offense, unless they have a big-time shooting performance, just doesn't have enough to score on them efficiently. I would, I'm would. i taking State – well, I said it just because I think, like, law of averages, I think they're going to play better. I yeah, also yeah. think Heats will – like, against a team like Clemson that wants to slow the game down so desperately – Keats offense, yeah. Keats offense is going to be fed from his defense. So I would expect NC State just because of this specific matchup to throw some junky stuff at Clemson. You know, get them to take some more outside shots than they would be used to. Get some long yeah. rebounds, which get State going. Right, just get the game 
flowing up and down. Doesn't guarantee that that's going to happen, but I would expect State to throw some things defensively at Clemson that they didn't expect to see just to try to speed the game up. One of the things they could also try, like Clemson is kind of a weird matchup for State because of Hunter Tyson, who like is a 6'8 guy that can really, really shoot from three and shoot from the mid-range. And like, you know, Clemson plays him at the four some when they go small and put P.J. Hall at center. Uh, but, you know, he starts at the three and as good of a defender as Casey Morsell is, and like he's one of the better like on-ball perimeter, you know, stoppers in the ACC, he's, you know, four or five inches short. Like Hunter Tyson just shoots over him. So like, I don't know, maybe you'd see some more Jack Clark playing the – Jack Clark mm-hmm. mostly plays the four, but maybe you put him at the three. You just – you give him the Tyson matchup. or I, there, You could try to get more creative with matchups, but then that takes right. State out of their base things. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the – maybe this is a weird time to be trying to get out of the stuff you do best. I, I don't know. But that's that's one thing they could try to throw at Tyson, who's played well against them this season. It's a super intriguing matchup. And the other thing I would say for State, if they're going to win this game, and I know it's not in their DNA, but Joyner and Smith have just got to practice a little bit more patience with shot selection because you play right into Clemson's hands when you take tough, contested outside shots. So that'll be something else to watch here. Um, All right, Miami and Duke uh, in the semifinals. It's a tough one. I've got Duke here. I just think they're hot. Filipowski, you know, Miami's got the bodies to throw at him. And I do think Miami uh, down low can body with Duke. Um, Yeah. You know, Duke was not good, if my memory serves me right, down at Coral Gables at all. It might have been their worst game of the season. And I think a lot of that had to do with – I mean, Miami was really good offensively. But, boy, defensively, they they took Duke out of every single thing they wanted to do. Um, yeah. And I think that's I think that is a testament to Miami's athleticism and their their athleticism, their physicality, and just down low. I know they've got an undersized center, but that guy will move anybody that comes into the paint out of the paint immediately. He's built like a, a Norchad Amir. I mean, he's built and moves like an NFL defensive end. Like he's that yeah, kind of right. like that kind of like frame and 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 like he's an undersized center, but he's you know he's strong as hell. And he can really move, and like he's skilled. Like they run a lot of, you know, a lot of Miami's offense is run through, like Good him. Passer. They yeah. they run these like five out, you know, delay sets, or you know, shuffle into a scissor cut with like you know, Omir, him facilitating as a handoff guy, and he'll fake the handoff and get downhill. Like he's a he's an awesome player. Um, but you know, Duke Duke has like way more length inside, but certainly Miami with Miller and Omir and and Walker, like they've got some big time front court athletes that can match up. I will say, like that loss at Miami for Duke was a like turning point for them in the season. I know they lost the next game to to UVA in, in a weird game on the road in Charlottesville. They should have like, won it. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, that game was a rock fight, and then a you know yeah. like a it, whatever they they lost. Virginia played played well enough; they won the game. Like it, you know, you can cry about it if you want, but like they Duke lost, like it, you know, it happened. So, but like they got they got embarrassed at Miami. Duke did, and it's very obvious that like it they had a players only meeting after that game, and it's pretty clear that like their defense was already like kind of moving in the right direction, but. 
Mm-hmm. It fell apart that game against an elite, you know, top 10 offense with, you know, NBA guards. Um, since then, it's been great. And so my thought would be a fired up Duke team with Tyrese Proctor guarding on a different kind of level. You know, can mm-hmm. you try to throw him at, a, at I mean, Wong's going to get his, but can you make it difficult? And, yeah. um, and yeah, I don't know. You know, you get Norchad O'Meara in foul trouble. I, I'll go Duke because they're hot. Um, and I think they'd be motivated to play in that game. Um, but, oh, man, I mean, it, Miami comes out and, you know, scores 1.2 points per possession and wins convincingly, like, wouldn't surprise me either. Agreed. Well, um, yeah, I, so we both have Duke here, uh, correct? That's your pick? Yeah, I'll go Duke. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to Saturday night. Uh, or, excuse me, Friday night. This one's fun. Virginia Clemson, I, you know, we just talked about it earlier, like, same kind of style. It's almost it's a Spider-Man meme here, yeah. um, but Virginia has more horses, I, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I, I just they, they have more ways to get it done. The guy that I really think is the tiebreaker in this matchup is Kihei, because I just like Clemson does not have a point guard. They don't have a guy that can break down the defense, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't always describe Kihei Clark as a guy that breaks down the defense, but. You know he's he's a spider monkey, right? Like he kind of goes yeah. where he wants to at times, and yeah, he's fast. He, he, scrambles, he scrambles everything up, you know. Yeah. And I, in, in like in a game that's going to be, you know, sixty to fifty six or something, like yeah. he has <laughs> his his three his three extra assists, his two extra assists are probably going to be the difference. I just like Virginia having that guy that can get into the paint consistently off the dribble uh, in a matchup like this, like because it's going to be low possession and it's just going to come down to marginal stuff right yeah i would take uh i would take virginia in this game the last met when they played last week uh was just like for me it was such like a fun vintage uh, re-speakman performance like he was mm-hmm. awesome and i mean he had what eight assists and he had i think six stocks yeah. in that game including four steals like and um ryan dunn did some cool stuff in that game as well but that was just like an it was such a fun for me like you know it's Still kind of like leaves you wanting a little bit more maybe usage offensively, but just such a classic like Beekman, you know, defense menacing defensive performance and giving you some, you know, some playmaking too. Yeah, he's like the Jeremy Chin. If you're a Panthers fan, you have no idea what we're talking about right now. Imagine Jeremy Chin on a basketball court. It's like that's kind of what Reese Beekman is. Like he's not a bad offensive player, it's just a limited one that's becoming a better shooter. In fact, a much better shooter, I would say. But you know, yeah. he, he doesn't get his own shot very often. He's not very aggressive offensively. Um, I don't think he's healthy, BG. That's no, that, that's you, you we can guess that on that. But yeah, I don't think he's healthy. Um, yeah. So his, anyway. de- his defense right. has not been the same. Like, I mean, he's still been incredible defensively, but like, yeah, dude, you couldn't you couldn't drive by this guy last year. You couldn't you could yeah, not yeah, get, yeah. couldn't get around. It's just like. He just hasn't been as good on the ball this year. Like he's still great. He's still one of the best. But like, he's he was fuck. He was Superman last year, you know. And like, he, he, he was one of the best backcourt defenders in the country last year. Yeah, right? undeniably. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's, so, it's just been different. Like, yeah, off the ball, he's still yeah. a menace because his anticipation is crazy. It's elite. Uh, his first that you know his his burst coming out of that, which is why I say Jeremy Chen is is still great. But like. His side to side, you can just tell there's when he's guarding the ball, there's he's not trusting his body. And yeah. that translates to the offensive end as well, because really, I don't know. Tell me if you think you disagree, but 
I don't think he's as aggressive, even no, not even close I, to as he, much as he was last year. Every like one or two games, though, he will have a drive where he turns the corner and he'll dunk like in the half court, and it it just it's like a it, it is it is a it always makes me sort of uh, have to take a step back and remember like this guy does oh, have this kind of like yeah. you know um, you know he has some nice athleticism mixed in, it's just he can't maybe dial it up maybe quite as much as you might like. But he yeah. does sometimes have those like surprise dunks, you know, where Beekman, you know, th- throws it down over but someone in traffic. It's always, it always like it's it's a very exciting play. And I would say too, like if you're an NBA person and you're sort of like wondering, you know, if you're uh, you looking for a comp offensively for Beekman, like think uh, think Alex Caruso, think mm. uh, Gary Payton the second. Like, uh, he guards point guards, but, like, he, you know, and he, he does a lot of stuff on the ball, but, like, some of his best stuff comes with his ability to cut, move without the ball, be a half-court connector. Like, I think, like, the, you know, Derek White in the NBA is, like, the best version of this archetype, you know what I mean? But a yeah. guy, the, yeah. a guy like, a great guard defender that doesn't make mistakes, that checks a bunch of boxes, and then offensively just, like, contributes by shooting it enough, giving you a little bit of pick and roll creation and being a connector. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, I mean, you know, hoping for good health for, for Beekman because he's going to need it on the next level, but Virginia's going to need it this season, depending on how far they can go. All right, Duke, Virginia, uh, uh, Saturday night. If if this is the matchup, I think there's a good chance I'm going to be there, which I'm excited about if we can get there. Um, I'm, Look, just I'm a realist. I, naturally, I'm a realist. I'm taking Duke in this game again. I think they're too hot. Yeah. I think they've got too much synergy offensively. Um, you mentioned Proctor and his defensive um, progression. Derek Lively down low, just being a rim protector. We're finally going to arrive, uh, and it can't be a long therapy session because I, I got to go here shortly. But um, this would be the game that if Ben Vanderplas could knock down <laughs> three or four threes. Change could, the math. Could 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 make Duke could yeah could make Duke start scratching their heads and being like, wait a minute, this is not the same team we just saw on film, and mm-hmm. it's in there somewhere. I know it is, but we've not seen it all season. And I just, I know, I think BG and I probably stand on opposite sides of the fence on this one just a little bit. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not sure he brings a, enough else to the game to justify the minutes he's getting. But damn it, this is the matchup. This is the this is the matchup to where if BVP yeah. could come out of his shell and be an offensive force and just just give effort defensively and on the glass. He's not great there. Just give effort. I think that'd be enough to get Virginia over the top. But I'm not betting on that. I'm taking Duke in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would take Duke as well, but um, close, right? And I will say too, like I hope we get in this matchup. This has become. I know everyone freaks out about Duke UNC, but Duke Virginia is like kind of my, it's my favorite um, ACC like rivalry matchup, however you want to describe it. Like I I just, I love, I watch these two teams play every game, every season. And and so when they get a matchup, it's a treat. Vanderplas played well during the last matchup against Duke. I mean, I don't think he made a three in that game, but he he did play. He helped them win that game um, Mm -hmm. in, in Charlottesville. And yeah, like the thing, like, 
Vanderplas is, a, you know, obviously he's a divisive player, but it's like, look, he was never the best player on his team in the MAC, you know. So it's like right. <laughs> uh, he's he is probably being asked to do, get him. You know, he played with Jason Preston and Mark Sears; those are like great players. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's I think he's being asked to do a little bit too much, in part because like Shedrick just, you know, they they needed more out of Caden yeah. Shedrick this season. And I think everybody reasonably could have expected more and. Who knows? Maybe he's he's dealt with a lot of different health stuff throughout his career. So, so hopefully he's there. But regardless, um, I think they've had to lean into small ball a lot, probably more than Tony yeah. was Bennett was expecting this season. And that's tough to throw at Duke right now, just given their their front court power. And um, yeah, I think I think Vanderplas has been like okay. He's probably been asked to do too much. It would be nice also if UVA had one more guy in the front court room that could yeah. pass. I mean, Gardner can pass a little bit, but like that could shoot from three and pass. Like they just don't have another guy that can kind of do well, that. I, and, you know, a, a guy that can legitimately guard fives in a big game yeah. like this. Yes, right. Like, yes. Yeah. Gardner can't do that, and and uh, I mean, BVP is is overtaxed doing that. You yeah. know, as as we yeah. kind of covered. So it, it's it's such a huge bummer for Virginia basketball this year that Caden Shedrick has not worked out. Season's not over. No. Bennett has a history of going somewhere you don't think he'll go out of nowhere. Uh, Kafaro played a lot uh, the other night for Virginia, <laughs> and, and I, I would not be surprised if he plays a lot in ACC tournament. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's the one missing piece. I mean, that and Beekman's hell. Yeah, the hell. I mean, yeah. the, like, you know, they're, they're sure. a Final Four team, I, I, I think, uh, w- with those. But, anyways – We'll see. BG, this was fun. Um, I'm glad yeah. we had this kind of a last second idea, but I thought with the Hornet season and ACC tournament and <laughs> our regional listing base, we're, we're, this will probably be less listened than other episodes, but whatever. The yeah, North Carolina, okay. South Carolina, ACC fans, uh, check it out. Any any uh, final thoughts on the tournament? No, uh, just, you know, anyone who's going, enjoy the games. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great event. And, um, it, you know, I, the ACC's had a weird season, uh, you know, by weird. I mean, I don't think it's been great, but I still think there's like, we were just talking about these semifinal matchups and these are, these could potentially be really, really good. And when there's an ACC tournament, man, there's just a lot of future ACC guys on the court playing. And like, if you care about that, um, then this is still good for that. You know, there's still going to be a lot of future NBA guys out there. So um, enjoy watching the games, and if you do go, um, yeah, have fun because it's it's a it really is a, a special event. And looking forward to getting more into the draft, uh, doing more draft episodes uh, the next few months uh, coming up on Buzzbe with all of you guys. No doubt, awesome, good stuff. All right, for BG, I'm Spencer. We will see you guys next time. Go Hoos. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 